2: Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at PurdueGlobal.edu.
3: Hello, hello, hello. I already started it when you started counting down from three, two, one. 1. Like, mine's been going <laughs> like this whole time.
4: No, because I don't know what it is when I count. It's like, like, I know... But I don't know.
3: Oh, that was so insightful. Because
4: I feel like, <laughs> is there, like, a natural rhythm that we all have? No. So it's like, do you go slower? Because, like, I anticipate the one. Okay, this is why I can't go skydiving. Because now they're like... What? No, because I saw a video, and it was like... She did base jumping, which is like, when you jump off, like, the side of the cliff. And it was like, three, two... And I'm like, do you jump on one, or is it one and then you jump?
3: Oh, yeah, like, is it three, two, one, go? Or is it three, two, one... So we I don't jump know if you guys on remember... But our original intro song, it was us trying to time our cheers, you know, because we wanted to record a sound effect to send to our, like, music producers so they could make it cute and into a little intro song that we used for a really long time. But while we were trying to count down towards our cheers, counting down towards the clink, we got in an argument about, about whether it was 3 2, one clink or 3-2-clink.
4: Yeah. I feel they like it's three idea. two one pause clink.
3: I agree with that.
4: Speaking of music producers, I saw him on the street... And I was going to get coffee. Mm -hmm. It was super awkward. Because, like, it wasn't a tinted... I was in an Uber. And it wasn't a tinted car. I wasn't in my own neighborhood. I was in his neighborhood. And, like, we were, like... We were pretty good friends. Yeah. Ish. The the car isn't tinted. Like, the doors are, like... The windows are normal. So you can definitely see through them. And then we both have very distinct faces. And I, like... We were, like... I was, like, driving past him. And we made eye contact... I was like, do I stick my hand out the window or do I just look at him? And it was like a very awkward, like we just stared at each other for like the six seconds we passed. And I was like, wow, that was super awkward.
3: That's so, oh, you know what else is really awkward? When, this is literally what we were just talking about, but when you're going to cheers with somebody and if you're trying to cheers like a huge group.
4: I'd like to set a universal rule right now, a universal standard, if you will. If you are in a group of more than four people, that includes four or five people, six people, seven people, eight people, 25 people. And you are cheersing for some reason. You need, you do not need to touch glasses. Raise it in the air and keep moving. Because nothing, nothing makes me more uncomfortable than that like 10 minute time where everyone's like, I have to touch every single glass in this circle. So I have to reach over the table to touch Michael the Third's glass, who I've never met before in my life girl bad luck it is bad luck's <laughs> bad luck because
3: my dad told me it was seven years of bad sex and I was like number one you did not just say that to me number two no way I will never believe that that's not happening I mean I didn't make eye contact with someone before eye cheers with them and I had great sex the next day so oh I'm the least superstitious person you will ever meet in your life black hats give me some walking under ladders I'll break my own mirror I don't didn't you break a mirror once
4: yeah yeah and My life that. went down the shitter about that. <laughs> I always say that like I must have like somehow been a very Bad person in my past life. Just to explain some of the many things that have happened to me, then I did realize for my senior year photography project, I broke three mirrors to use the decorations, like the shards mm-hmm. of glasses. And I'm like, oh, oh, it That's all makes sense now. It's oh, clicking. My God. It's clicking and it's clacking. Yeah.
3: You know what I love? This is why people in horror movies die. This is what we do differently. Because I love the supernatural and I love ghost houses and the haunted shit and I love Ouija boards and seances. The only thing... Oh, my God. We've all been that's to a, seances together. That's such together. a dark
4: thing. Se- I have not been to no seance.
3: Haven't you... Didn't you go to me with... To the Nar. Haunted Mansion? Nar, we, baby.
4: I will... You will never The Volkov see Manor
3: no. in New York City? Didn't you go with me the Nar. first year?
4: I told you for this exact reason. Nar.
3: Oh, who did I go with I the am not year? messing with the
4: dead. Let them rest in peace.
3: Who did I go with the first year? Camden. Maybe Camden, but I with I went with Chance last year. So I thought I went... So I thought we had all three been... Because there's this Haunted Mansion every October every, every hot Tober mm-hmm. in Fideye that you go it's like this big mansion it used to be a social club it's this huge thing and it's, tickets are really expensive but they love me over there so they let me go and bring some friends so I took Chance and Camden who we always talk about on the podcast and we all did a seance together and Chance flipped her shit. She was so frightened but the thing is is when you do these seances and Ouija boards and when you communicate with these spirits the reason why people in horror movies die is because they're not respectful. There's always that one bitch who's like come and get me demon come and get me ghost. You're not gonna get Uh, they can get you if they want to get you. The thing is you have to be very respectful. You have to recognize that this was your space once and I'm just a visitor. I'm a wanderer you know what I mean? That's what you have to realize.
4: Girl, be for real. I be am real, be for real. This
3: is why I don't get haunted. Yeah, no. This, it's literally why I, just, I don't get haunted. I just mind my
4: business. There's enough. No? There's enough <laughs> stuff going on with the living. I mind my living business. Is what I do.
3: Okay, perfect. You can do that too. But my thing is, is if you want to communicate with the spirits, you have to be respectful. That's my thing. That's why I don't get haunted. But you know what I said? I said, "Am I going to break up with my boyfriend?" And it said, "Yes." Yeah, I could have told and you. And then that. I did. Well, I could have
4: told you that. <laughs> I told you that for like three years. <laughs> I did go to Coney Island once. Starting the podcast and they told me i was gonna meet a great love with red hair i said girl <laughs> be for real and then i met a guy and he did have red hair and he was a great love so yeah, yeah. i went to the drake concert last week about that you guys know how i'm obsessed with online contests and yeah. i won tickets online to the drake apollo concert went this is the most insane thing i've ever been to so not only were the tickets free everything in the building was free merch was free um alcoholic drinks were free snacks were free like i was like what but um that's so sick i took oh yeah i watched a guy fall off the balcony
3: that's terrifying
4: no he's like literally fine but i'm like (laughs) he was like he got up like on the railing to start dancing and then he just fell over onto a light and then fell off the light onto the ground
3: well when you get up on the railing to dance and you're drunk. It's probably not the best idea. Yeah. I would have to say, not his smartest hour.
4: I forgot why I I'm, I'm glad he's this. okay. Oh, yeah. We had to have about the concert for 30 minutes. I was like, okay, let's talk about, think about this in the grand <laughs> scheme of things. Stop, just stop doing that. And I saw, um, so my ex was a really big Yankees and Giants fan. And I saw Yankee, the, I saw Aaron Judge, hubby hubby. And I saw Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley on the um, banister. And I was looking cute. So I was waving to get a picture of them. So I got a picture and I put it in my TikTok. Tell me why, tell me why. This little sports account screenshotted my TikTok and cropped my name out of it. So it was like just the picture and like the pause sign and tweeted it and they were like, um, this is my picture from the drake concert like spotted saquon barkley and daniel jones like they're not leaving each other they're gonna stay in the giants together look at them like dapping up whatever and the post went viral and my ex sent me a screenshot and was like is this from your tiktok i was like okay number one are you stalking me number two you were really stalking me we saw the same picture i was like that's the same picture like you cross reference that call it obsessive fan behavior mm-hmm. three how dare you that is my picture rude you can literally see the pause you can see the tiktok pause in the picture I don't like men for that reason.
3: He's literally being, because he's a lawyer in real life, he's being a lawyer. Like, he saw that TikTok, he saw your thing, was like, D-d-d-d-d. he did some math, and then he texted you.
4: Well, he's blocked. He texted now me on blocked. my Finsta. That's how many layers of blocked he is. I'm on the other side of it now.
3: Yeah, that's good. You're on the, yeah. What do they say about that bridge? You crossed it? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs>
4: yeah, what do they say about the bridge that crossed the bridge? <gasps> yeah, but besides that, I've had, like, a very clean break from my ex. And I'm telling you, it has been a very restorative time. I think just once you realize that like you're wasting so much time on someone that does not deserve access to you the peace you feel and that kind of ties in to our topic for today not me accidentally bringing this to our topic early Cindy. not necessarily early it's like normal time we are talking about dealing with rejection not just in one asset aspect of life but in all of them because i was just watch a bunch of videos about um, the recent tech layoffs, because now everyone's like working tech, 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 tech during Corona, the pandemic, and now everyone's getting laid off. Not just from tech, but that's just like the biggest field right now. And I've just seen so many videos on dealing with rejection and disappointment, and I thought it was interesting because I had been having similar conversations with friends about rejection in relationships, and love lives, and friendships, etc. Because I realized for the first time, I think actually in my life, I do not know a single person that's single. Like my roommates are taken and all of my law school friends are in like serious relationships. So it's like for the first time, I'm the only single person because I have been in like a long term relationship, um, if you can even call it that. And so for like a while, it felt like not weird. It's weird in the sense that like you want to be happy for people. But at the same time, it's so hard to not compare yourself to them. And it's like, maybe think about my old relationship and how I felt so rejected from it. And it's like, how are you with someone for so long for them to just reject you? Like, how do you get to know someone and invest in someone for four years and then be like, no, never mind, to turn around and date someone immediately, you know?
3: Also, you know what's fucked about that? If you ever have the notion where you wonder if someone just loves you for like the way you look or if it's actually because they're truly invested in you or love you for who you actually are... And I feel like every person ever has gone through that kind of dialogue. But where it starts to really break down and put you in a dark place is when you're in that long-term relationship and then it ends, in the way that it ends, especially, like, if it blows up in flames and then you're kind of sitting there like, well, it was never really truly about me. It was, you know, they were with me for superficial reasons and now I'm kind of reanalyzing the whole thing and realize that, like, I'm unlovable. Do you know what I yeah. mean? Yeah.
4: So it's, like, literally, like, my... We got together my first month of college until after my college graduation. So, it felt like, I just, like wasted a long period of my life where I could have been out like meeting people and I guess when we would break up and take breaks I would but it just wasn't the same and it took me a long time to think that like the person I am now physically, mentally, emotionally is so different from that original person and it's like how do you invest in someone for so long just to, to turn away or reject them and I think that that was the mode of healing I was in for such a long time just focusing on rejection Instead of redirecting that thought process or that energy into thinking that it's not necessarily a bad thing, that it happened, it's just a redirection. So my whole thing, my whole motto right now is that it's not rejection, it's redirection. Because, like, that's happening in my work life, professional life. It's happening in my school life. It's happening in my friendships. It's happening in my relationships where I can't see everything. Like no, every back thing that happens every rejection as a like, oh I'm not enough I'm not physically attractive enough I'm not smart enough I'm not lovable enough I'm not whatever enough taking it more is that this opportunity is not for me that person is not for me this friendship is not for me that doesn't mean I'm not going to have something for me in the future like so it's redirecting that energy to thinking that that no is not a no, that closed door is not a closed door, it's closing so another one can open, you know, like that no is a future yes, so I think just keeping that in mind thinking that like, of course things aren't happening the way that I want them to happen necessarily, but that's for a reason, because think about sometimes, like for example like college, like I didn't get into my dream college I wanted to go to USC, I was waitlisted I was devastated about it, had to go to NYU like my second choice, but I couldn't imagine going anywhere else, and like at the time it felt like a rejection, but right now it felt like I was redirected in the right path for my future, for law school, for my law work whatever so i feel like when you're in, looking in hindsight it's much easier to see that but in the moment it's much harder to see the bigger picture and that's what i've been working and focusing on for the last however many weeks months days hours whatever
0: i'm katia adler host of the global story over the last 25 years i've covered conflicts in the middle east political and economic crises in europe drug cartels in mexico Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.
1: AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. at and
3: You can totally relate to this because you were in performance for so long. But as a performer, and uh, for me specifically as an actress for 13 years, dealing with that, in that world, you have to accept so much criticism and you have to hear the word no a million times per day. And that gets really, really hard. and can take a huge toll on your self-worth and esteem. But I think what happened was is that I was so used to hearing, like, no from that sector that when I heard no from other sectors, that kind of, like, broke me down. Do you know what I mean? Because it was, like, in one area of my life, I was hearing no, 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 and, like, that I could manage. I was doing really well in school. I had a boyfriend in high school. I, like, had a great group of friends. I was like, okay, this is perfect. But then when my relationship in high school started to crumble, as I went off to college and got more distant from my friends in high school, it forced me to realize that, musical theater or like acting in general isn't the direction i wanted to take so while getting told no by different areas in your life at the same time is really hard it can force you to gain a really interesting perspective on other things on the areas where even you are being told no or the areas where you're being told yes it can just really force you to have a different outlook which i really appreciate so you know it's about the climb not the destination kemiley cyrus Cue that movie. That's a great movie. I want to rewatch that soon. I was
4: gonna say what the climb. That's not what it's called. The no. Montana
3: movie. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
4: like, you yeah. know that movie was originated gaslighting because there's no <laughs> way that this girl put dyed her hair blonde, and everyone's like, "What?" <laughs>
3: yeah, it's true. Uh, Miley Cyrus did a very interesting interview the other day about how like people only for a really long time wanted to go to Hannah Montana concerts and she felt like they didn't care about Miley. And that's why she did her huge like rebrand. Cause that's just interesting. Cause like the way we are forced to look at it kind of, I think maybe because of our parents was when she did such a drastic change from being Hannah Montana to like the wrecking ball phase. Our parents were like oh she's just being a rebellious teenager but in reality she felt like she wasn't enough because people were only interested in hannah montana she felt like so it wasn't that she was rebelling she was just like i want people to love me for me which is the whole point of this episode i think that was interesting Ooh, a little around. that
4: was certainly a move it, she like licked a metal ball and everyone screamed yeah it really wasn't that bad i grew up listening to the pussycat dolls literally strutting in my living room talking about push put a lot of my buttons mm-hmm. and then like hannah montana was like i can't be tamed so everyone was like oh oh my gosh
3: my childhood okay. I was singing SNM by Rihanna when I was like in 3rd grade and my mom was like what
4: <laughs> I can't name a single show that's currently on Disney
3: right now let's think let's think about this like let's have I, a group thought session the
4: last show that I knew of
3: Dog with the Blog is that still on Disney
4: I don't know there's no way I don't know how it survived past the first episode I don't I can't okay what's the last Disney show you remember like not that you watched or that you've just heard of
3: that I've just heard of just heard of mine was Living Liv and Maddie, Maddie.
4: That was scary.
3: Yeah, that's the last
4: show. I never watched it, but that's the last show that I remember being on Disney.
3: Yeah. I never watched it either, and I have no idea who that girl is, but...
4: Oh, High School Musical, the musical, the musical, the the book.
3: (laughs) The book. The movie, the book, the The novel, the series, the the documentary.
4: (laughs) But that's not even on Disney. It's on Disney Netflix, whatever it's called. That's where Olivia
3: Rodrigo got her start, right? I guess so. Okay. She
4: kind of ate the album, though, so I feel like... Do you
3: remember that time I was going through my breakup and I was in the bathroom and I blasted traitor
4: <laughs> it was like three years after the album came out I said girl huh knows <laughs> yeah. that that That's album weird. I loved when it first came out um my breakup song was I will survive by Gloria Glaner but specifically the one from the chicken little album I don't know why oh
3: no no you're missing one and um you give love that name. okay that
4: wasn't in breakup oh, I just love up. Bon Jovi
3: no that was during one of your breakups for sure. I remember very. I think we were just. Hap- I think we just happened
4: to be breaking up while because I listened to all oh, okay. Bon Jovi songs during that time. Because I
3: remember you listening to that song and sobbing, and I was like, yeah. "This is not." That's a mostly
4: because I love Bon Jovi, but oh, you know what else I remember love. you crying
3: to "Umbrella."
4: I always cry that song. Yes. I was just sad, and I was eight. I'd be cutting up in the car, talking about
3: you can stand on my "Umbrella." <laughs>
4: um, there was that one Tove Low song, "Habits." Habits. It's not even a sad song. It's about Little getting a high in the club, and I literally had never seen a drug in my life, <laughs> yeah. but for some reason that uh oh hit I really did I never came on a restaurant once and I was like Sarah they're talking to me at this point.
3: <laughs> yeah I remember that so tell me if I'm wrong about this but I do cry a lot but I feel like whenever something major happens I can't make myself cry about the thing that's happening like I have to go watch a sad movie or I have to listen to a sad song and I don't really, like, it's It's hard for me to, like, channel my emotions. Does that make sense?
4: Because every one I met you, I always say this. You told me you, ne- you never cry. Which Girl, is true
3: of the time. Yeah.
4: It just said spam
3: risk. Oh, oh my so God. Good.
4: My mom kept, my mom called me so many times that turned her contact into spam risk for a while. That
3: is so funny. My mom does this thing where she calls me, and then she hangs up. We have, like, a whole conversation. We hang up. And then two seconds later, she'll call back, like, I forgot to tell you. And I'm like, you know what? Texting is a thing. If you forgot something, just text me afterwards.
4: My mom will call me and then be like, okay, hey, hold on one second. She'll go through Target, Publix, drive home. Okay, now I'm back. Okay, <laughs> you could have just called me after all of those things transpired. And she's like, you don't want to talk to me? And I'm like, I do. However, <laughs> my to- I have very little free time and half of that was spent hearing you shuffle through different kinds of orange juice in Publix.
3: My dad and I love my dad so much. My dad is the best. He needs me to call him 24-7. But the thing is, is, he, this, is so, this is the most frustrating thing you can ever do when you're on the phone. If you're listening and you own a phone, please never do this. Don't call somebody, even if it's just to say hi. Don't call somebody and then like sit there in silence. Like, my dad does that all the time. He'll call me and go, hey, Sarah. Hey, Dad, what's up? He goes, nothing. You know, and then I'll be like, all right, well, I have to go. If it's not, like, anything important, I'm in the middle of, like, work or a meeting. Like, I have to go. And he'll be like, well, you don't want to talk to me? And I'm like, it seems like you don't want to talk to me, you know, (laughs) because you're not talking. (laughs) It's fine. Like,
4: my my calls with my mom are, like, 40 minutes. With my dad, it's, like, a solid five. Like, we get through what needs to be said quickly. Little brother, thirty seconds. That's his attention span with me. He's like, hey, hey, what's up? School, cool. How was school? Good. Okay, I want to go play with my toys. That's that's the conversation we have. I know that he's there. I know that he's happy. We chilling. Point has been made. Point has been established. Point has been crossed, finished, crossed, finished, and another word I'm forgetting right now. It's been
3: finalized. I don't. Know. It's
4: been. It's this word. Okay. It means it's been. It's been addressed. <sighs> addressed that's the word
3: <laughs> and then he goes off one thing he said to you cracked me up the other day he was like Sydney I have I have things to do
4: yeah I told him I had school work and he goes this is how you do work and he started doing his kumon. It's like period Cole <laughs> do your addition.
3: the fact that Cole's a better ice skater than me I know I literally just talked about this last episode but it's true because I went ice skating with my boyfriend at Rockefeller Center the other day and, and he hadn't skated in six years and he skates beautifully and then there's just me like hovering it's really embarrassing
4: i just don't think that as a human i should be walking the ice <laughs> don't seem natural
3: i will never forget i love telling the story sydney me and a few other of our girlfriends were skating at bryant park which if you're a new yorker that's the only like free admission skating rink you still have to pay to rent skates though which sucks and sydney asked for like assistance and they have this little penguin you can like You can lean on while you skate. It's like a big plastic penguin that comes up to about your waist. And you can kind of like lean on it and skate around. And all the little kids do it. And she asked for one. And the woman who worked there was like, are you 12? And Sydney was like, what? Are you
4: under the age of 12? (laughs) Now, let's be for real. I have doubly boobs. I'm a grown woman with acrylics on. And you're asking me. You know I'm not 12. And you know I can't skate. Disrespectful. So I had to sit on the sidelines. while these little four-year-olds ran past me. And it was humbling just not for me i'm from the warm climate i prefer to be warm And like on the topic of friends we've talked about this before especially leaving college and just taking very different paths in life how hard it feels to not feel like you fit into someone's life anymore or like seeing yourself drift apart and i think we talked about this a couple episodes ago where we then started start like a very honest talk about like just how different we are at, at the moment but like how we stay like close to one another and i think that we always talk about rejection in terms of, like, jobs, in terms of passions, and- in terms of relationships. But I think in friendships, I think the thing to always remember is that as we grow up in life, as we mature, as we change, as we experience new experiences, as we deal with new pains, new highs, new lows, whatever, what we need and what we are able to give, we're able to offer others changes. And I think it's important to realize that how that fits to the context of friendships. You know, like when I'm able to give and receive from someone else might not match up at the moment. And like, that's okay. Mm. And there's a reason why people say quality over quantity because you can have 50 million friends, but if you guys don't have enough to give or enough to receive at any given time, you're not ever going to be close or have that kind of friendship that you desperately seek from other people. So I think it's important to realize that like, it's okay to have one or two or three close, small knit group of friends who are able to, oscillate with you who can understand when you need more or don't need more or when you can receive more and not give more so i think this realizing that like as you grow up and as you change so do what you need and want out of friendships does also it's easier to navigate losing friends gaining friends etc
3: when you have a really good friend in someone life happens and if you can't be pre- like this is going to be kind of harsh but if you can't be prepared for the distance that sometimes life provides, if they're really a good friend, you won't worry. That's such a little thing in the grand scheme of things. This is what I've noticed like on TikTok and stuff and social media in general. Some people can be way too sensitive about that. It's like if there is no beef, if there's no problem, if there's no like issue between you and somebody else, that distance, whether physical or otherwise, it shouldn't mean anything. It should just mean like this is what's happening right now it could bring you closer together and you just have to, like, find opportunities to do that instead of worrying about the superficial things because if you keep worrying about the shallow shit, you know, you're not being a good friend. I you.
4: I think just keeping in mind, in mind, into in mind, mind, mind.
3: Embedded
4: in your brain. Embedded into your thought process that it's not <laughs> always a reflection of you. I think that, like, when we do have friendship breakups, the first question is, like, what did I do? Not necessarily, like, what does that person need? Why is that person feeling this way? We always make kind of like a self-centered approach. I think that's why it hurts so much in terms of rejection is because we make it about ourselves when like it's such a bigger picture at hand. And that has kind of comes into jobs too because um, like I'll remember like not getting like my dream internship and having to work or apply to somewhere else and end up ended up being in the place I needed to be at in order for my future to work.
1: From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast
4: So I think it's just important to remember that like, no matter how many jobs you apply to, no matter how perfect or dreamlike one internship or job or career path is, I think just remember that you might get 45 rejections, 50 rejections, 60 rejections, but only takes one yes to get you on the right path, you know? So I would say, like we've been saying about relationships, about friendships, remember that it's not rejection, it's redirection and taking that, maybe it's just not meant for you right now or at this time or that is not meant for you remembering that it only takes one yes.
3: In terms of my professional career and I know this is true of Sydney as well me and her have been working for a very long time so right now we're both 22 I'm about to turn 23 a very long time. Been six working for six months. Like three well for us that's a long time because yeah. we were in college and lots of people don't even start working until they're out of college or doing internships um, and me and Sydney have been working for four years now and um, we had we have had our fair share of like applying and applying and just getting denied and denied and then COVID hit so it's like we got rejected without even doing anything wrong like no one even viewed our application we just got rejected because no one was working um, and like it wasn't even possible to come in in person etc so I think that hit a very inconvenient time so I think whether or not like this rejection is completely out of your control or like it was something about your application or experience or interview that resulted in this rejection I would say follow Cindy's advice of not taking it so personally because if you do it's going to make it harder and harder to keep that same application to keep the same like drive and motivation also this is just not what I'm meant for right now like in the grand scheme of things that is really important in order to like maintain your sanity honestly
4: like I was talking about earlier like I was rejected from my I was waitlisted for my dream school I remember being so stressed because I was like, oh, I know that I got this. Like, I've worked so hard for this. It has to happen in the way that I want it to happen. And I think it took me not – things not going as I planned for me to realize actually what I wanted to do in my life because – um Obviously, like, I wanted to go to school to be screenwriter, yeah, and do like politics like like a side backup thing. And now I'm in law school. and I feel like if I hadn't That's gone, so my crazy exact that, path, yeah, like I wouldn't have ended up at Columbia or like with people I've met, etc. So I think you remember like every small detail does have like. Uh, impact on things in the future so I actually think I'm thankful that I didn't get in or thankful I didn't choose that path because I wouldn't be where I am if I did you know
3: what made you during that journey switch because I know you took a lot of screenwriting classes when you first uh you know came to the school and I know you were in Tisch which is the like drama school um what made you switch from there to like pre-law because I know NYU doesn't have a specific pre-law program but you've known you wanted to be a lawyer for some time now so yeah. what made that kind of switch in your mind
4: um I would say that I knew that I loved writing I liked the creativity aspect of it I loved being able to like get out of my own head my own issues and get into someone else's like I got to for however long I was writing or reading or working on something I wasn't Sydney I was this new character I was seeing life through different lens I was experiencing new life experiences I had new problems I had new issues new talents whatever
3: spoken like a true book lover
4: and like that's what I loved about reading and writing but like I couldn't see myself just writing for the rest of my life on the other hand like I loved politics I loved analytical thinking I loved problem solving I loved the fact I can like um discuss such like impactful issues and like I could directly impact someone's life through doing that but for me it was hard to kind of reconcile the two cause like what was I gonna do like political screenwriting <laughs> like that would have been a dream obviously that's such like a niche area in life that would have hard to get into so I started looking less at the thing itself and more what I liked about the thing and like I said it was being able to find new perspectives being able to solve problems being able to be creative and the more that I thought about it, I found those things in law. So it's like in as a lawyer, you get to have think of creative solutions to problems. You get to put yourself in someone else's shoes and see the issue, the predicament, or the situation from their eyes. And I think that it just combined all of the things that I wanted out of a career, wrenched it in one place. And for me, I was like, this feels like the right thing.
3: Yeah. And it's challenging. you can compartmentalize too, which I feel like that's what you did and what I did to an extent. But you – this applies to you more, I feel like, is you can realize that you love two different things. Like, obviously, you love screenwriting. You love reading. You still read today. But it's, like, what you want to do in a professional capacity too. It's like what you can handle basing where you make all of your money from and, like, your benefits and literally just, like, your entire dependency is on this one thing. And I feel like putting things in certain boxes in your mind – And like knowing what goes in which box is really important as part of becoming an adult, you know, which I feel like as we both matured, we thought we wanted to do one thing. And then we were like, actually, we could just love this one thing and not want to make money off of it and put that much pressure on it in that way.
4: And that's one thing to remember also is that just because you love something doesn't mean it has to be your life. Like part of me likes that I can have reading and writing. And even politics, something that I love and that I'm genuinely interested in and I'm genuinely passionate about as something to the size. I'll never have to rely on my living by doing that thing. I can continue to enjoy it in a pure way without having to see it as my end all be all in terms of like supporting myself. So I think part of me is glad that like I was redirected in that way. And it took me getting denied from like a screenwriting internship to realize like maybe I do need to expand my Views expand my interests, expand, like, what I see myself doing in the future and end up working out for me.
3: Yeah, right. Um, and, like, I feel like if I never made that transition and had that realization for myself, like, while it was really hard to not do musical theater 24-7, it made me the person I am today, and that kind of sounds cheesy, but when I think about my professional life and the scale of which I've been able to succeed and become financially independent in my own shit – I'm just I could not be happier that I made that choice and don't get us wrong you should still love what you do what you do just doesn't have to be the thing that you love most if that makes sense you know because I know I'm very into the arts I'm into the fine arts I'm into like art in general like in museums and stuff yet I just didn't really want to like put that much pressure on it and I think that's the perfect word pressure because like your job is pressure that's how you like pay your rent and like eat every day you know and like it's really stressful and I just think that if your mind because I know this is absolutely true in my case my mind couldn't handle the fact that if I was failing it would be because of this thing Yeah, like that's how much I loved it and
4: I kind of and I think in a way like having to rely on your passion I do believe like I would love to have my passion like a side job
3: and lots of people do and that's great yeah it just
4: creates this like new sense of pressure that like I have to make this work I have to be good at it I have to always have good ideas and I always have to be working on something instead of letting it be something that's pure and that I love and that I don't have to necessarily rely on it every single time to feel like I'm being successful in life
3: you know and if you can do that that's great because I know a lot of my friends from like high school they are still in musical theater today and they're succeeding and they're doing great they're getting auditions and they're fine and I love that Um, it is obviously very grueling like it's not all sunshine and rainbows but they're doing it and they're successful and I really really love that for them and I love that for anybody who can do it but I think if you can't it's very important to recognize that and also know that it's normal just like it's normal for them to be doing it they're not better than you because they chose that path you know and I that took me a very long time to realize but it's true like everybody says that oh it takes a certain grit to like Depend on your passion in that professional sense, and I highly disagree. I think that it's just like normal. I think it's neutral. Like I think people want to do that, and that's great. But I also think there's absolutely something to be admired in being realistic and doing what you want to do in another aspect. Everybody! Oh my god! Oh my god! That is the time.
4: I don't know how you have so much positive energy. You, I don't know. Yoo hoo! Like high. <laughs> it's not even like it's just like that's just like we our energy levels are so low. Mm-hmm. I don't understand how you're always so chipper. I leave school and I'm like I just want to sit in a dark room
3: well that makes sense because I mean think about how I mean I even hear about your exams and I get tired like four hours straight you're just sitting there duh, 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 you know I mean damn also like going out and interacting with people that's what being an extrovert is it makes me like that recharges my battery and that just might not be the way like other people recharge their batteries but going out and interacting with people is how I recharge like that's how I relax if you can imagine that
4: oh girl I'd be easy, z- zzzz
3: <laughs> All right, guys, that is the episode for today. Thank you so much for listening. Um, You can follow us. Oh, I forgot to do this at the beginning of the episode. You can follow us on socials at Crying in Public Podcast on TikTok and Instagram. And you can listen to our other episodes on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and iHeart or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you. Love you. Bye. Bye.
2: Right Rug Flooring.